saying every time we start uh, an episode. I think I, I'm just like, I gotta sing hello. I know. Give him a little razzle-dazzle. I kind of like it, though. I'm not mad about it. Good intro. No one has complained. No. No one has said anything. Yeah. But no one has complained. I think you should sing for longer. Great. I'll do that next time. For <laughs> sure. For sure next time. Okay. So. Who are we talking about today, Mav? I honestly have no idea. Except there's a Taj Mahal. Do you know anything about the Taj Mahal? Mm. I will say I do slightly apologize. I should have thought this through and made it like a spooky couple. Oh. Like, that would have been fun. To be Especially because, like, knowing by the time that we actually post it, it's going to be yeah, the, like, Halloween. It's going to be Halloween. I don't think we thought about that. We did not. Which is well, fine. Like, to be fair, when I was making the list of couples, yeah. it was in January. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't so think like, we had the foresight. But next year, I'll pick a spoopy couple. For any of this. Yeah. That is cute. Okay. Ooh. But yet, do you know anything? There is... The girl um, who created Frankenstein, because it was a girl. Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Shelley. Actually, that would have been a good couple. We didn't do it, but next year. We'll do it next year. Season two. I like Frankenstein a lot. And Look I, at me promoing already. I took a class in college about Frankenstein, Her? so that would be super interesting. Um, yeah, well, Frankenstein Frankenstein in the imagination or something. Like, it was something like that. It was like uh-huh. whatever they call college classes, yeah. where they're just like, we're going to hyper-focus on this one thing. And you go in thinking, there's no way we've got a semester's worth of shit to talk about. And then look at and that. And they do. There's a lot. There's actually a lot for Frankenstein, but that's not what the, the show would be about Percy and Mary Shelley. But anyway, this is not about them. No. This is about Taj Mahal. You asked yes. me what I know about the Taj Mahal. Yeah, do you know anything about the Taj Mahal? I know that it's a very grand building. Um, very wealthy. Lots yes. of moolah went into it and comes out of it. Sure. And, uh, it's in, India. it's in India. I did know that. You haven't been. I was half expecting you to be like, oh yeah, no. I've been there. <laughs> I've never been. I would love to go. I would love, would to, love go. to see it. Um, I did know that this was like a family. Um, it wasn't just like, a, like a building that was created. It's like, yeah. you know, generational wealth, which love to see it. Generational wealth. <laughs> it's such an interesting way to describe a like royal family. <laughs> Generational. I don't know a better way to describe did, it, man. You, you also might not have known that he, the guy that built it, was like the emperor. I did not know that. So. But you know, generational wealth. If nothing, <laughs> if, what a better example of generational wealth. I don't think there is one. Genuine. Um, I think that kind of covers it. I, I, it's a, you know, it's a fabulous building. People mention it many times in many songs and it's just in general pop culture. Mumtaz Mahal was born Arjuman Banu Begum in Agra, India. On April 27th, 1593. 15? 1593. A thousand years before that, a thousand five hundred years before that, for the Cleopatra stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really isn't. It just feels that way to us because they just don't tell us about it. I think they don't teach us about it in the same way. I wouldn't want to be alive then, but that's neither here nor there. Maybe maybe if you were an emperor. Maybe, but I'm sure as we go on in the story, (laughs) probably not. Still, she is the daughter of Abdul Hassan Asaf Khan. He's a Persian noble. 
Okay. I'm trying not to do too many names, but I also want to be respectful and actually name people. Yeah. Because I know these are all new names for us. Yes. And remembering them as we keep going is going to get confusing. So I'm going to call her Mumtaz Mahal. Okay. Even Love though she that. doesn't get that name until after she gets married. What's her name now? Uh, Arjuman Banu Begum. She gets a whole new name. I think it's like a title name, but yes. It's not even anywhere near to what she's named no. now. And so does most of the other people in the story. I would say. Well, I'm... so does Shah Jahan, just to be specific. Not most of the other people, but he also has a different name that he gets a new one. I'm glad we're not dealing with any fucking Marks or <laughs> Marys. They're different. Or there's a lot of Jahan Bartholomews though, in both first name and last names. Like Jahan, lots of Jahans. Yeah, because he's Shah Jahan. Mm. She oh, was mm, 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 also the niece of a powerful Mughal empress, Nur Jahan. Okay. So that's her aunt. She'll come up. She'll come up later. She was uh, Nur Jahan was the uh, was Emperor Jahangir's favorite wife and consort just saying so you know. okay but we don't she doesn't really know. it's just like a foreshadowing because she'll come up in Shah Jahan's story because mm. Jahangir is his father okay so uh, I couldn't find honestly that much about her life oh. until after her marriage okay which is a kind of common for women they just aren't they just don't really people don't know yeah they just don't I, if you're being generous, which I don't know why we need to be, but I'm going to for the sentence. I guess you don't know if a woman is going to be important when she's born. Mav! In a lot of situations. The fuck? A lot of the women we're talking about were daughters of nobles, right? And so the daughter of the noble can go marry another noble and never do anything of note in their life. But every man has never done anything of note. No, but the men that we're talking about were princes, so they knew they were maybe going to be king. You know what I mean? Does that mean they'd do something with their life? No, like, but I just think if importance. you're going back to the Henry VIII situation, when Henry VIII was born, everyone knew he was the son of the king of England. Right. You know? But... And with Anne Boleyn, she was just the daughter of a slightly important british family that didn't actually have a title or anything but that's because of bullshit man it's all bullshit it's all bullshit i'm just saying if we're being generous okay that might be why women don't always have extensive biographies but at least she has a birth date <laughs> that's i mean we're already doing better the bar is so high so i couldn't find a whole lot about her before her marriage yeah. Uh But I did note that she was known to be incredibly smart, incredibly cultured. She was fluent Arabic and Persian languages. Getting a lot of Anne Boleyn here. Yeah, she's super smart, super great. Except for the languages. Uh, She was known to write poetry. Love that for her. She seemed to be well known in the upper echelons of her society, in like the Persian noble society. Uh Uh-huh. And she seemed to be known for being warm and straightforward without being manipulative or controlling. So... Sounds like a Walk peach. around being a manic pixie dream girl. She's powerful, but not too powerful. No. Smart, but not too smart. She's, she's not threatening like, in any way. Like, Don't worry about she's her. She's like every man's wet dream. So it's probably because of her good reputation that Emperor Jahangir's favorite son, Shah Jahan, was able to gain her hand in marriage without, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that it's like Jahangir already knew she was going to be a lovely daughter-in-law, so he was happy to allow the marriage. They got betrothed, which is not married, just betrothed, mm-hmm. right? In April of 1607. She was 14 years old, and he was 15. 
So not that weird so far. Everything's no. fine. 14, 15. I mean, no that's, that's young as fuck. But yeah, we but are. they're only the... betrothed. They're not actually married yet. Also, it's like 15, whatever, so. They got married five years later in May or June of 1612. Betrothed means engaged. Yeah. So we've, we've moved past Montaz already. I'm yeah. Sorry. Uh-oh. That's fine. She's married and now We're they're, now they're, now they're yeah. married. Okay. Shah Jahan was born on January 5th, 1592, in what mm. is today Pakistan. Mm-hmm. I don't actually, I didn't write down what they called it back then. Like, what the city he was in was called. Yeah. But wherever he was, today is Pakistan. He is the ninth child and the third son of Emperor Jahangir, who at the time when uh, Shah Jahan was born, he was still a prince. Wait, what? Say that again? When Shah Jahan was born, his father, who would eventually become Emperor oh, Jahangir, was not was currently yet. He was a prince. Prince Salim. Shah Jahan's grandfather, who was, I think his name is Akbar? I wrote it down, I thought, but maybe not. His grandfather at the time was the emperor. Okay. But now his father is. His father's currently a prince, just when he's yeah. born. Right. Right, uh, right. Shah Jahan also had a different name at birth. He was called Karam. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. It's cool. I'm sure they had to do with titles and more meaningful names and whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Mark. No offense <laughs> to any of the Marks. The amount of Anne's that we've had Listening. and the amount of Jane's, you Just, know? Yeah, so plain. Especially with Anne Lister. We had Anne, 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 and uh. then she did a Marion, and, like, it was rough. It was too much. Too much, man. It was Akbar. Emperor Akbar. Akbar, okay. Um, Shah Jahan's family ran the Mughal Empire. They were the emperors of the Mughal Empire. They can trace their ancestry all the way back to Genghis Khan. Name drop. Genghis Khan, I've heard of that. I was hoping you would have. But um, Genghis Khan was the legendary founder of the the Mongols. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. The Mongol Empire, which is the biggest contigu- contiguous contiguous. Yeah, that's right. That's how you say that. Con- mm-hmm. Like a biggest Con- contiguous empire in contiguous. history. So I think it's continuous. Well, Not I continuous. Think, I think both are words. Oh. I think both might be appropriate in this situation. I'm not sure exactly what the difference between the two words are, but I think okay. there is a difference. But either way, okay. he was, the Mongol yeah, yeah, Empire yeah. was huge. He's a Queen Elizabeth of his day. Sure. Yeah, he was. We'll go with it. He and his nomadic fighters would conquer most of Eurasia. Okay. What what years are these again? Well, I didn't write down Genghis Khan years, but it's oh. much earlier. He's their ancestor. He's not like their grandfather. He's like their great 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 grandfather. You know, it's been a minute. He was a long time ago. Genghis Khan was like most kind of ancient history. Okay, like it's been a minute, but they okay. can trace their roots back to him. Yeah, and a different family, but I don't think you would have heard of them. It was like two empires kind of came into you know can trace mm-hmm. he, they can trace the roots back to two sort of ancient empires mm. okay one of which is Genghis Khan which is a name I thought you'd remember I yeah, 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 yeah. so um, Shah Jahan was favored by his grandfather Emperor Akbar mm-hmm. and he was raised in the emperor's household instead of his father's which is better I think so yeah it's better if you want to be emperor someday you can definitely learn more Akbar died in 1605 and he moved into the house, and after that he moved into the household of his mother, where he was also loved and cared for. So basically, he just had a nice childhood, it seems. Yeah. Like, he was... Except for, yeah. Okay. okay. I, mean, I mean, like, his grandfather died, but grandfathers die. They do, they do that. Yeah. They no? Do that. 
And it, I think he was like what? So he was thirteen. So that's you know, it's not like his grandfather was like ripped away from him or something. You know what I mean? I think it yeah. was. He still has. His I think family. that was the saddest thing that happened to him. Maybe as his, during his childhood, and that was yeah. just a part of life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then he was moved back. I just think he was always. You hear a lot of stories of them having really tumultuous childhoods. Mm-hmm. Like Cleopatra's was rough and messy. As was everything during that time. True. You know. But Shah Jahan's was nice. Relatively speaking. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He mm. um he was very close to his mother. Mm. He was uh devoted to her. And the Mughal Empire has a history of women who were who held a lot of influence and were really powerful. Mm-hmm but in a very womanly way, if that makes sense. So they're like the strong woman behind the man. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, it's nice that you guys have power and whatever, but... Yeah. And they also um, mostly have multiple wives. Who are we the, talking about? What are we talking about? Just the Mughal Empire in general. Oh, just like how it operates. Kind of like yeah. the royal family. Well, multiple wives oh, all at once sh- is a little bit different. Isn't Okay, yes, yes, yes. All at fine. once is different. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, where'd it go? It's a really defended term. Since he was a prince, and he was very well educated and cultured, he was very well educated in cultural and military era. So he was taught a lot of languages, cultural stuff, history, military, like he knew how to fight and yeah. do all that kind of stuff. Um, the way that the Mughal Empire worked is different than the way that England worked. Okay. Uh, England has primogeniture, which I, th- I think I've mentioned before, but That's I'm not totally what? sure. Oh, don't make me Okay, okay, never mind. I didn't ask anything. But basically. That's fine. Basically, in England, and in a lot of... I don't think it was... It was not true for dram- dramatic tribes, but it was true in England. The oldest son gets everything, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. true for the royal family right now. I think they fix it so the oldest child gets it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a son. But back then it was like, your oldest son gets everything. And the right. Mughal Empire wasn't like that. No. So just because he was the third son did not mean he wasn't going to inherit everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, when your father dies, you guys either discuss amongst yourselves peacefully or you fight over what's right. left and, you know, yeah. claim it as your own. Yeah. So it was important for him to have a lot of friends at court for him to be seen as very cult, like very well educated and have a strong military prowess if he was mm-hmm. going to hope to become emperor someday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his father succeeded the throne, but he had to be done in rebellion to do it. Um, do what? His father became the emperor after his grandfather died. Yeah. Uh, but his father had to win against a rebellion mm. for that. Again, I'm not sure if it was against one of his um, uncles, like his father's uncles, or if it's one of his father's brothers. Yeah. Like I'm not totally sure, but he had to fight. Won a rebellion to gain power. He had to. He had to grab power. It wasn't just handed to him. That's kind of fun. Yeah. He was a younger son, like he had, he was one of the younger children in general, mm-hmm. and he was the, like, the third son, so there were two older ones. So he mostly shied away from the politics of mm. the court, growing up instead of focusing on his studies. Yeah. 
But he also used that time to make friends and gain support in the court. So he wasn't really politicking, mm-hmm. but he was making genuine friends by just being politicking. a good, nice guy. Yeah, just being himself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also gained his father's favor for being trustworthy. He like there were a couple situations that were a little iffy, mm-hmm. and then Shah Jahan would have his dad's back and like make sure that people that he knew like the scheming that was happening mm-hmm. in the background. So his like he gained his father's trust, and he became the probable heir. Eventually, his father gave him the Sakar of Hisar Feroza. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right, but who knows? Okay. Which generally goes to the heir in 1608. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like uh, again, I think in the current royal family, the Prince of Wales is a title generally given to the heir to the throne. That's why Charles was the Prince of Wales for God knows how long, okay. and I think William is now. So it's like a sign that that's who the heir will be. Say that again. Uh, the Principality of Wales, the like that title, I guess is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Prince of Wales is given to the heir of the British throne. Oh, okay. And okay. Okay. In okay. Yeah, the yeah, Mughal yeah, yeah. Empire, yes. the Sakar of Hisarfaroza is, is given his... to the heir or who's presumed to be the heir. Yes. So it was a big of honor and sign that he was going to be the heir when his father gave him that title. Yeah. So nice. Okay. Maybe. Uh, He got that title after the betrothal to Mumtaz, right? But before their wedding. So they got betrothed in 1607. Betrothed means they did it. No, they were just engaged. Oh. They just agreed to get married. They didn't do the deed? No. I mean, I don't know what the rules are, but, like, I'm not saying... They had they to at some fun. point, but, okay, before all of this. But it was before they got married. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, a year later, uh-huh. he, or, in, yeah, a year later, he was what? compelled by his father to marry Kandahari Begum, mm-hmm. in, so in November of 1610, he married her. Okay. Marking the first of his wives. He was still betrothed to Muntaz. But he got married to this girl first. Oh, uh, okay. It was a political marriage. Completely political marriage. His father needed to solidify some shaky relationships mm-hmm. between her family and their family. Mm-hmm. She was from a family of uh, Persian royals that they needed. Yeah. They either needed their like land or they had taken their land and needed to keep control of it. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But th- it was a political marriage. Okay. Even though it was a political marriage, they did have their first and only child, a daughter. She was born in 1611. Um, so even political marriages, you still kind of need to keep up appearances. Yeah. Yeah, clearly so. And uh, consummate them, I assume. Around the same time in 1611, Emperor Jahangir marries widow Nur Jahan, which is Mumtaz's aunt. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's Mumtaz's father's sister. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Nur was un, uh, she was a brilliant and really strong woman. I actually read Who? Nur Jahan, her aunt. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nur Jahan's her aunt, but she is married to Shah Jahan's father, Emperor Jahangir. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they just got married in 1611. Just so you know. She was unlike other Mughal women in that she was open about her desire for power and influence. She was more upfront about it. She yeah. 
at times made decisions in her husband's name and was powerful on her own. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a like, hmm, wow, how about that? But I think she's Check me just out cool. kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Jahan Gare at this time was retreating mm-hmm. from, you know, his public and political power positions. He was retreating into what would become a bit of a drinking problem and a bit of an opium problem. Oh, oh, opium was a, was a thing. Opium still is a thing. Was a thing. Are we not in the middle of a terrible opium crisis? I guess, I guess. But opium was a thing and he was doing it. The Mughal Empire is also sort of a mix of a lot of different religions and cultures because of the just amounts of space that they're taking up. Yeah. They had um, a lot of, I think Jahangir was a, I think Jahangir and Shah Jahan were Muslims themselves, but I think Nur Jahan might have been Hindu. Who? The Empress. Oh. I think she might have been Hindu. Like there was like a lot of different things happening at the same time. They were pretty... Most of them, not all of them, were pretty open to religious tolerance and freedom, which is kind of cool. But that they were kind of cool. I think that the I think that the emperor and Shah Jahan were Muslim, which I also think you're not supposed to drink if you're a Muslim. But whatever, mm. it happens. Exceptions to the, to the rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, because he was sort of retreating into these addictions, she mm-hmm. was really the power. Behind him. Behind the throne. You know, she's kind of propping him up, making real decisions in his name. Nur also supported one of Shah Jahan's brother for the throne instead of him, which was kind of causing some issues for Shah Jahan. I think it was one of his older brothers. So not like one of her sons. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if she had sons with the emperor, but she might have. Mm -hmm. Finally, in 1612, Shah Jahan and Mumtaz Mahal, they were married. The date of their wedding was specifically chosen by court astrologers to be best for a happy marriage. I am, okay. Shah Jahan loves astrology. Loves it. Lives for it. He loves astrology. He loves astrology. Pretty. And he uses it to pick dates for, you know, battles and whatever. Yeah. Go off. Go off, king. You know, whenever he has a child, he checks the, you know, with the date means and stuff like that. Is my child going to be? He's a big horoscope bag. Got you. Okay. He was immediately clear after their marriage with his preference of Mumtaz over his first wife. What do you mean he was immediately clear? He was very obvious that this was his favorite wife. This was his preference. He loved Mumtaz. His earlier marriage was a marriage of political convenience. Mm. You know, he was just, it's, they had multiple marriages, right? They all, all of the emperors did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. other, I guess, uh, royals in their family. Like, yeah. it was a thing. Yeah. But it was less a thing to clearly pick one. You know, it's uh, almost as if Shah Jahan was saying, like, I would prefer to just be married to the love of my life, Mumtaz Mahal. Yeah. But I understand that I have to do these other political marriages. Yes. How um, did Mumtaz feel about all of that? He, well, uh, she seemed to like it. I don't know. She had not, I don't, I never heard any, I never okay. heard about any of the wives being upset that there were multiple wives. Okay. I think it was just a cultural thing they accepted. Sure. As far as I can tell from what I've read. Sure, 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 sure. Um, you can see how his preference of Mumtaz in the name he immediately gave her, which was like the gift of the palace or something like that. The exalted one of the palace. 
So he sort of immediately was like, you're the pretty one and the best one ever. <laughs> and you're the best thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he uh, gave her attention and would like basically sleep next to her every night for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Like it was very clear. Yeah. That that's what this was. Yeah. She was influential both politically and personally, but she didn't do it like Nur did, her aunt. She was not obvious about it. She would give counsel to Shah Jahan. Mm, sorry, lost my. She would give counsel to Shah Jahan, mm-hmm. and like they would talk things over and they would make decisions together as a couple. But he would be the one that would go out and like do the things, mm. actually lead. Yeah. But she was very powerful and influential behind the scenes, I guess. Okay. She was an important confidant to her husband, and he consulted her for nearly every problem he would face. Love that. She wasn't seen as power-hungry, and she preferred to remain in the background. Wow. Whether that's, like, true or just the way that life was, I don't know. She's killing the game right now. Nur, on the other hand... Nur. ...was still, you know... Nar. ...still vibing. She was different than her aunt, Nur, the Empress, right? Nur. And (laughs) meanwhile, Nur was still the Empress... And still supporting one of Shah Jahan's brothers over him, mm-hmm. right? So one of the ways she tried to weaken Shah Jahan's power, or Shah Jahan's position as the heir, was to send him out on sort of military or political campaigns. Mm-hmm. And so he would be sent all over the empire to go and talk to this person or go stamped out this re- like rebellion or whatever. And he would go and Mumtaz would go with him. So it's like love on tour, you know? They yeah. They live in their best life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do it. Do it. Do it. And while he was away, she would work to install her choice as the heir and get him the preferential treatment that she thought he deserved. Jahan knew this was what was happening. Oh. But he didn't really have a choice because he needed to honor his father's wishes, which is what Nur represented. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so him and Mumtaz would just go. They, they couldn't stand to be apart for a night, so they would just continue to travel together, hang out, all that jazz. That's so nice. They had 14 kids in 19 years. Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm not going to sort of mention when the kids are born. No. Moms, but just sort of assume at any given point she's uh, pregnant or she, like, just had a baby. What a fucking nightmare. In 1617, Shah Jahan took a third wife. Okay. Is son Nisa Begum, who was the daughter of a powerful courtier, member of the court. Uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. It was done to help solidify his power at court, but it was also not a real loving marriage. But they did have a one son together in sixteen nineteen. They so had a two what? Years, they had a son two years later oh, uh-huh. in sixteen nineteen, but that son died sadly in sixteen twenty one. He mm-hmm. was only you know three or whatever. Oh no! What did he die from? I don't know. I did not write it down. Okay. Babies just die. Okay. In 1622, Shah Jahan's suspicion and worry got the best of him, and he rebelled against his father. Okay. So he kind of tried to snatch power away from his father, but it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of lost. And so Loser. he and Mumtaz, in order to make peace with his father, agreed to let two of their children, her, I think their two oldest sons, go and live with their grandfather, the emperor. Oh. As sort of like, here's I won't rebel against you again because yeah. you have my sons. Clearly yes. Done. Yes, but here's a peace offering nonetheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gear died in 1627. Poor Richard. Richard Gear. Okay. <laughs> and the brother 
that Nur supported fought with Shah Jahan to gain control of the empire. So Nur Jahan's choice for heir Mm -hmm. and Shah Jahan fought over the empire and Shah Jahan won. Okay. Uh, He came out on top. The brother was killed along with just a bunch of other... Oh, Jesus. A bunch of other rivals and relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, most of the rivals were his relatives. Yeah. So it's sort of a bloody way to the top, but they got up there. Nur survived Do all what of you that. Gotta you know? She yeah. was put under house arrest, basically. Oh, why? Because she tried to take over the empire from oh. the new emperor. Like, Shah, Shah Jahan's not going to trust her. No, but she didn't, like, kill a bunch of people, did she? Probably. They oh. all did. Okay. Well. But, I mean, like, I say house arrest. She was house arrest in a palace. It's not like she was hurting. It was basically just like she was put with the rest of the wives <laughs> you know yeah so it's not like he was mean to her but it was like she lost you know she lost she wanted not him to be in charge and she lost yeah <clears throat> and weirdly at least weirdly to me is uh-huh. that she basically gave up any desire to rule like she didn't really fight back against this uh-huh. and kind of just like retired and hung out and died peacefully in 1645 maybe she got a hint that her life would be like real easy smooth sailing no yeah it's weird because uh, i think that to me all that means is that all that tells me as a reader is that the opinions of nur jahan were unfair like mm-hmm. she wasn't this power hungry person you know, she wasn't this manipulative, power-hungry, I guess, bitch that they're all making her out to be. Yeah. She just was a person, you know? Maybe yeah. she was making all those decisions for her husband because he asked her to. Maybe they really did have an open, honest relationship. Maybe. And she wasn't trying to grab power. She was just trying to do what she thought was right. Uh, I just don't think that you just give up if you're this politically astute yeah aggressive person i don't think you're just like oh well you won great i just quit then yeah for like 20 years that you're just vibing no that's a lot i think that tells me that it wasn't ever in her character to be combative yeah she was always just trying to be a good leader yeah and it seems like that's you know okay well if you're gonna lead then i don't have to that's Mm -hmm. fine yeah i I like doing this because i had to now that i don't she's not exactly i mean like she's not a villain in shah jahan's story but she's definitely an obstacle yeah Okay. So, Shah Jahan and Muntaz were finally on top of the the intrigue and the succession wars, and their family was now safe and protected. They reigned together for the next few years and gave the Mughal Empire stability, both culturally and economically. Okay. They attempted to take back some ancestral land called the Balkh region. region? B-A-L-K-H. Balkh. Okay. Region. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is current day Afghanistan, but they weren't able to keep it. So that was one of the failures of their reign together. Why didn't they keep it? Uh, they didn't want them to have it. The people of Bulk were like, no. A bunch of fucking haters. Uh, you seem to be really pro imperialism right now. I don't know anything about that, ma'am. All well, I know is that they wanted some. The, I mean, they're in charge of a bunch of people that aren't their people. Oh. You know? That's what most of these empires are, right? Yeah. There's like a small pocket of the culture that was their original culture, but then it expands and they take over lands that were run by other people with other cultures. And it's gone forever, Mav. It's gone forever. I mean, it's not gone forever. They didn't, they weren't, um, you know, the English with their smallpox blankets over in the new world. Oh my God. And all the other shit they did. As far as we all haven't died by now. Oh, it's coming. 
Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Just it's kidding. Also, I mean, it's also nothing compared to what the English are about to do to India. Right? Like in present day? No, like a uh, hundred years from this time period. Because India took over. India was a, I guess, colony hmm. of the Commonwealth. They were in the Commonwealth and they didn't mm-hmm. want to be. That's Gandhi's whole thing. We're not getting into that. But no. All I'm saying is they liked them better than the English, I'm sure. Okay. But they still were not necessarily Indian rulers in charge of India. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. yes. I'm not a big expert in uh, Asian empires or Middle Eastern empires in this. Like, I don't, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are not Indian, and they are in India for sure. Okay. Their love was remarkable even during their life, and even during their lifetime, as it was rare for an emperor to show so much clear favor to one wife. Yeah. Like, I cannot overstate how much he was just like, this is my wife. <laughs> Those other two ladies I'm married to are good friends of ours. You know, like, it wasn't, I don't, it's not like there was infighting or a bunch of problems or yeah. anything like that. It was just sort or of like, like. lying or like whatever. I think that the other two wives knew they were political marriages, mm-hmm. appreciated the freedom and safety that he provided them. Yeah. And were happy to just live. I think it was called the harem. Where all of the women and the families oh, uh-huh, lived uh-huh, within uh-huh, the palace. Uh-huh, they were happy uh-huh. to just chill in the harem and vibe. Yeah. You know? Yes. They were still rich as hell. Yeah. They were... Mom, uh, Shah Jahan was like, no, to just love him some jewels. Mm-hmm. He's very much like me where he's just like, loves a sparkle. Yeah. You know? He's walking around and he had money. He does love a sparkle. So he and Mumtaz both had just like a lot of beautiful fine jewelry. They're also... I don't know if I talk about this later or not, but there also was even some talk about their like sex capades and different aphrodisiacs that they used and stuff. So like even at the time while they were alive, people were talking about just how in love they were and how much mm. passion they had for each other. Exciting. So it's cute for them. Yeah. He gave her the title of chief empress and what can be translated to first lady and queen of the world. Which matches his title of King of the World. She had the highest allowance of any oh. of the wives. Okay. Love and they that lived for her. together in their royal residence, which the residents and themselves were covered in like gold and jewels. Mm-hmm. She was able to privately persuade him to commute distances, and he gave her acres of valuable land. So she was rich on her own without him. She didn't need the allowance. She had um, these lands. I mean, he had given her the lands, but she had these lands that were making money on their own. Yeah. He even gave her an official seal so that she could give her own political decrees. So she could make political decisions and like sort of stamp his seal on them and send them out, and they were official. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's, just, it's interesting how Mumtaz is portrayed as having no political ambition, despite having all of this power and Nur is really shown as like the opposite of being someone who's taking all this power and being so power hungry. And then isn't it great how she ends up with nothing? You know, like that's, that was it's how they do women. Yeah. Mav, even I think today, they probably just had a lot more in common than we give them credit for. Okay. Although I think in India, Nur is very well respected. I Nar. think that there, okay. <laughs> I think that there are plenty of books written about her. I like was listening to one book 
where uh, the author basically talked about learning about her from a young age, and she was seen as a really powerful, inspiring female figure in history. Uh-huh. So I think she is respected in that. I just mean within Mumtaz's story, yeah. she's really set up to be the evil version of Mumtaz's mm. angel. And I just don't know. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha. Call gotcha. that out a little bit. Yeah. Um, overall, Mumtaz was a calming influence for Shah Jahan, and she was a great supporter of the arts. She had a lot of poems written about her beauty. And paintings done of the two of them together. Love it. In June 16, 1631, Mumtaz is giving birth to their 14th child, but something goes wrong. It's a rough 30-hour labor. Ooh, 30 hours. 30-hour labor before she finally gives birth to a daughter. Christ. Shortly after the birth, she hemorrhages and dies oh. in Shah Jahan's arms. Shocker. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm flabbergasted but yeah. that's fine they were married for nearly 20 years right well that's not nothing to sneeze at it's not nothing to sneeze at but it was still tragically young like she could have lived another how old was years. she boy i'm gonna get away because i'm gonna lose my place okay we don't have to do that i've already done oh, it she was born math. in 1593 and she died in she died in 1631 so 93 to 31 is going to be seven years to get you to 16. So she was 38, I think, right? When she had the baby? 93. What are you saying? Wait, what's 93? Maybe she was 28. No, she wasn't, right? 38 seems kind of old. But I mean... But if you've been married for 20 years, it's not that old. No. But then when they got married at like... 93, well, let's... <laughs> I was born in 1993. So in 2031, I'm going to be 38, right? All right. Yeah? I think so. Yeah. That's... I mean, that's my own problem. But yeah, I think okay. you're 38. Okay. Well, so go she, off, queen. That's pretty young. We love I a mean, fertile queen. Pretty young to die. Like, she could have easily lived into her 60s, probably. Hella young to I die. Think, I think he lives to be 70, maybe. I'm not totally sure. Okay. Do the math when we get to his death. But he lived a lot longer, and she could have lived just as long except childbirth. Childbirth will get you every time, I tell you what. I'm surprised her children made it. Not all of them did. Okay. Uh, I think, well. like, uh, over half of the 14 made it. Okay. That's which is not bad. Over half? And, a f- I mean, a few of them died sort of immediately, were stillbirths, or died a few yeah. days after birth. A few of them died young as, like, children, but mm-hmm. a lot of them did make it to adulthood. Love that. Yeah. Well, some of them are little shits, so. Oh. Wow. Don't love that. There's uh, one of the stories of her death is that in the final moments as he's holding her, she asks him to build a beautiful monument to their love. Build, basically build her a beautiful monument to build her love. Build the Taj Mahal. I have no idea if she really said that. It's super poetic if she did, and he definitely did that. Yeah. So He took that to heart. If she told him Real that, he said, bad. yes, ma'am, absolutely. I will start on that immediately. Oh. He is... Uh, she is temporarily buried. In, they're on, like, another tour of stuff. Like, they're doing stuff. Oh, uh-huh. So they're uh-huh. not at in their home palace yeah. in Agra, India. They're not there. They're somewhere else. So she's temporarily buried there. And uh, Shah Jahan is absolutely distraught. He is devastated by this news. Why? He goes in... His wife just died. Oh, well. 
he goes into secluded mourning for an entire year. He doesn't speak or really come out of his like rooms but in the secluded palace. Secluded mourning. He's no one's talking to him. No one sees him. Okay. He, it's like he goes into his room and doesn't come out. Yeah. For a year, and when he does finally come out, his beard and hair, which before had been like black with a little bit of gray, maybe as he was aging. How old is he? He's thirty nine. He's only a year older than she is. Oh. So he, you know, he sort of walked in with just a little bit of gray hair and came yeah. out full white. No, a year. He's stressed. Yeah, that's now. what I'm saying to you. That I'm trying to tell you the effect that this death had on him. He didn't... See- it was because it was so unexpected or... I think it's because it was just... I mean, I don't know, right? Because we don't know what would have happened if she lived and died of old age 10 years later or something like that or 20 years later. 40? She's had a good... Well, I don't know. At 15, whatever. She was 38 when she died. If she lived another 20, 30 years. I'm saying the lifespan in this time is probably Well, the like lifespan is great. different. I think, well, we've had this discussion I before. I know. <laughs> Once you get past childbirth, but you're she's just waiting but, to get old. But we're talking about her, which she had And been... she was a, a very wealthy woman. So if she could have made it past childbirth, I'm sure they had plenty of doctors to help. Well, then you think she would have survived this nonsense. <sighs> childbirth would get you every time. <laughs> I guess so. 14th times, not the charm, apparently. Anyway, he goes in, he goes in looking 39. He comes out looking much older. His hair's fully gone white. He looks aged. He looks tired. Old, old haggard man. It's like he aged decades in one year, just from the morning. Yikes. In December of 1631, Uh her body is moved to Agra which is where their palace is at. Mm, mm-hmm, and it's again buried. And it's sort of buried on the site where the Taj Mahal would be. Okay. So um, he immediately starts commissioning the building of the epic mausoleum for his beloved wife. Mm-hmm. For the next 12 years, the mausoleum was built mostly with Shah Jahan's obsessive supervision. No one knows who the architects of the Taj Mahal are. Isn't that kind of like... Illegal. Not maybe I mean, illegal is not like the word the right word. But like it's not whatever. Like you know, isn't that just kind of wrong? I everyone knows don't know who, what you're talking about. who built it. Like the actual They don't know. No one But knows I'm saying who, like no that's, one knows who's the architect isn't the that, it, Okay, I don't know what because the word is. It's not illegal, but like shouldn't that be known information? Um I think there's even a, like, famous tall tale whatever mm-hmm. that uh, Shah Jahan blinded the architects after they made it so they could never make anything as beautiful again. This is all kind of fucked. It's all leaning towards the mystique of the building itself. Probably there were just multiple architects. Like, it's totally sure. possible there were just a whole bunch of people and they just didn't... Those documents didn't make it all the way through. I don't know. I don't know, but we don't know who the architect is to this day. There's mm. only one artist on the Taj Mahal who, like, signed his work. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful building. It's covered. Uh, it's, you're like, talking red about a signature. sandstone covered in white marble. Uh-huh. And then there's, like, art painted into the marble or, like, carved into the marble and gems put into the marble. Gems? Yeah. Huh. Like a sapphire or some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shit in the marble. I love sapphires. Yeah. I don't know if it was a sapphire. No, but 
That would stick That's what out. I mean by gems. Stick out the most. Well, I think yeah. they would, like dug a little divot in there and then put it right in the wall. But if you're putting like, I don't know. It's a beautiful building. It's also like perfectly symmetrical. A white rock, it might blend in. Also, these like the little min min, min minarets, the little towers mm-hmm. on each of the four corners, are specifically like angled outward so that in an earthquake they fall that they fall away from the oh smart going in smart 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 smart. It's a it's a beautiful building. <laughs> okay. He was obsessively controlling and supervising the look and aesthetic of the building. He had a very mm. strong opinion of what he wanted it to look like. Yeah. Uh, and oversaw all the details, you know, and he yes. used some of the best artists in the world. They were all in his empire. There's a, there's like, there are stories of different European artists that they were like, oh, well, he was in India at the time and he must have worked in the Taj Mahal, but there's no evidence that anyone but like Shahan, people within his empire. Shahan? Jahan. Shah Jahan. Shah Jahan. It's, it also seems kind of unlikely that he would use foreigners to make this important building Shaha. it's also like a holy building right? Shaha it's a crypt, you know yeah so the idea that he would use christians to build this holy building that's not a christian building yeah kind of seems unlikely but i mean i guess he could have but i don't think so i guess in 1643 so I... the main construction finished and mumtaz was moved into her final resting place mumtaz in the crypt of Love the it. okay great we seen it. Meanwhile, while this is all being built, Shah Jahan still has an empire to run, and he begins to leave the military stuff to his sons. Mm-hmm. Sort of has them take over, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He also isn't necessarily a great father, mm. and he shows favoritism to one of his sons over all the others. Why does he like that one so much? I don't know. What a dick. I think it's his oldest son. Anyway... He thinks that because they're all full brothers, as opposed to him and his situation, when they were a bunch of half-brothers from a bunch of different wives, Mm -hmm. all sort of jockeying for power, these are all his and Mumtaz's children, right? His first child with his first wife is a daughter. She's not going to be a threat to power or take over anything. And then his youngest, his child with, the one child he had with his third wife died. So it's just really only his and Mumtaz's kids that are sons that are fighting over power yeah yeah. and he thinks well they're brother brothers and they grew up together so that means something more you know not gonna viciously attack each other for sure for sure that's gonna happen and he's like no they do no shah jahan they do they do um yeah he thinks that they can avoid the bloodshed and palace intrigue intrigue that he suffered when he was trying to get the crown also mumtaz was a loving wonderful mother Mumtaz. So he's kind of just hoping he could piggyback on that for a while hopefully he was taking notes this was not true oh there's a lot of intrigue and fighting and infighting back and forth what wasn't true that they could avoid the bloodshed because they were full brothers in a family mm. in 1658 he became ill his oldest and favorite <gasps> son dara took over some of his dara 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 the explorer d-a-r-a Okay. They, uh, he was his favorite. Dara was also not, I don't think, I think Dara was the one that wasn't super military. He didn't have a great military prowess. It was his two younger brothers that were handling the military campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, Dara took over some of his father's duties, which set alarm bells to his brothers. 
that he was that their father was actually dead and Dara was I taking see, over I the see, throne and they like yeah. immediately went to panic mode. Yeah. Okay. And Shah Jahan's like, well, I'm just I'm just a little under the weather, guys. I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But someone else can handle it. They okay. they thought their father was dead. The other right. and so they immediately went to grab power. Because oh. they thought that's what Dara was doing. They thought he was grabbing power. Dar- who's Dara? Dara's the oldest. And then he has of the two. Chil- of the children. Yes. Of the chillin'. Okay. Yes. And then he has a, a bunch of younger brothers. Two from the same him. mom. They're all from the same mom. Oh. All of the kids. That's what I was saying. All of the kids that are going to be jockeying for power are Mumtaz and Shah Jahan's kids. Because his kids with his other two wives... Mumtaz. Don't, like... The Does boy it matter? Di- the boy dies, remember? Oh. His one child with his third wife died young. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And then his one child with his first wife is a daughter. Which is bad. Well, she's just not going to jockey for power. Yeah, of course, because she's a she's woman and women She's suck. out of the story. Okay? <laughs> okay, okay, you okay. You already complained about how many characters I put you through, and now you're complaining that I haven't named all... No, don't do that. Because I'm not going to... I don't even know one of their names. Dara is the only one I've told you so far. Oh, Dara, the explorer. Dara's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. oldest son. I also think that's a she, but he... It's not. <laughs> he... Yes, you did tell me about him. Even after He's trying Shah to take Jahan, over the business. Well, his dad was sick, and so he just took over some of the duties while his dad was sick. Yeah, but it's, he seems like a dick. I mean, I'm not a big Dara fan, but I'm just saying that, like... It's not like he immediately was like, I'm the emperor now. It's like, yeah. he's like, I'm, I'm going to go to these meetings for dad because he's a little under the weather this month. And his brothers were like, so dad's dead, right? So we're going to be taking over from here. And he was like, dad's not dead. <laughs> Please don't. And they all started fighting between themselves. Oh, no. Even after Shah Jahan got over his illness and mm-hmm. was fine, it was too late. So, like, by the time he stopped being it sick... It was too late, like... The, it was too late to sort of the cat the was situation. out of the bag. Yeah. Okay. Dara had already been defeated in battle by his younger brother... Died? Not yet. Mm. Ooh, not yet. He does die, but I don't know if I wrote it down. He either, he might have died in battle, or he died just after, like, was killed just after the battle. Mm. But yeah, Dara does die. Okay. Uh, but he was defeated in battle by his younger brother, Arangzeb. 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 Yeah. Love Arangzeb. Arangzeb uh, declared Shah Jahan unfit and took over as a ruler. Wow. He's kind of just like, we're not... Savage. Just because you're not sick anymore doesn't mean that Savage we're going to go back and we're going to have this fight again in five years when you do die. So you're just, yeah. you're done now and I'll be the emperor and you chill. Yeah. He basically left his father under house arrest in the palace in Agra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Shah Jahan's room in the palace overlooked the Taj Mahal. He could like look out of his window and see the Taj Mahal. And he would spend hours just sitting and looking out the window and looking on to the mausoleum and his Mm. beloved wife. Mm. On January 30th, 1666, Shah Jahan died of an illness (sighs) at the age of 74. Wow. He was an old motherfucker. Once you get past childbirth, and once you're rich, you know what I mean? Like, he's not uh, he's not with the people. I agree about the rich stuff. And getting all the illnesses that naturally go through 74. populations like them. 74. Yeah. The plans for a large state funeral Why, how did he die? of an illness. Huh? An illness. If you're going to ask me what illness. Okay, I wasn't. Sorry. 
You know that if I knew the illness, I would tell you. I wouldn't be like, an illness, please ask me which one. No, it's... I don't really care. <laughs> please let me say chicken pox to you. He died Mike, of an illness. Monkey pox is actually COVID. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Shah Jahan was supposed to have a large state funeral. And there's some discussions on whether or not he was buried where he wanted to be buried. Mm. Uh, Shah Jahan was buried in the crypt next to Mumtaz in the Taj Mahal. So both of their bodies are in the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. However, there are some people who think that Shah Jahan planned to have another exact sort of replica of the Taj Mahal built, like across the river from it. And so the Taj Mahal is all white marble, and he was going to build another one in all black marble. Mm-hmm. And that would be his crypt, and so that they mm-hmm. could have sort of matching crypts. That, mm-hmm. that was what people think might have been his plan. Other people think it was his plan the whole time to be buried next to her, and that's obviously what he wanted. Mm-hmm. But it is a little weird, because the Taj Mahal is perfectly symmetrical. I didn't, except for huh? their bodies. Like, cut it down in the middle, it's perfectly symmetrical, and her uh... body is put in the middle. So it's like, if his body wasn't there, it would be perfectly symmetrical because her body's in the middle. And his body's just next to her. Just there. Kind of like shoved in next to her. Yeah. And it's a little weird. So, but maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe. Maybe he wanted that to be like the last little bit of Mm -hmm. asymmetry to the building or something like that. Like maybe that was part of the poetic, like their love is so pure. That it's the one thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the one special thing in this exactly perfectly symmetrical building. I don't know. Because, like, there are some people who say he wanted to build that, but he never did. You know, he never built that, like, black Taj Mahal next to it. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was all talk. And by the time he died, if he would have wanted to, he couldn't have because he no longer had the power. Right? His son did. And his son was like, we're, we're not even really giving you a big fancy funeral. We're just going to shove your body in next to my <laughs> And then burn you no, no, no. Oh, oh that's true. <laughs> it's just on the Taj Mahal. Today, the Taj Mahal is one of the wonders of the world mm-hmm. and has become a symbol of India, even though the seven, Mughals have... Seven, eight wonders. How many? Seven or eight? S- well, there are seven, but there are a bunch of different sevens, if what? that makes sense. Um, like, the Taj Mahal, I think, is like the seven modern wonders of the world. Mm. You have the seven ancient wonders of the world that include yeah, things yeah, like yeah. the lighthouse at Alexandria. And different things that, like, kind of, I think, don't really exist anymore. Okay. But I think the Pyramids of Giza might be some of the ancient ones, and they obviously still exist. Uh, But you know what I mean? Like, they have mm -hmm. different chunks. And then they have the seven natural wonders of the world that I think include, like, Niagara Falls Mm. and Mammoth Cave and stuff like that. Yellowstone? I think so. But, like, Old Faithful, maybe the guys are specific. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they have different seven wonders of the world. Okay. But the Taj Mahal is one of them, whatever group it's in. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. It's like the most beautiful building in the world it attracts more than six million visitors a year jesus christ and even has a problem like one of the videos i was watching about it was talking about the or maybe it was the book i was reading was talking about the air quality was it bad in india it's bad and they had to make special laws to make sure that the air quality around the taj mahal was good because it would hurt the marble in the building (laughs) because it was built before cars you know what i mean and so now they have to deal with car exhaust in the yeah, air and yeah. what that effect that's going to have on the building well, that there's do? also like, a lot turn of discussion black or brown or something i don't know i don't know mm. there's also a lot there was also a lot of discussion about uh how expensive it should be to get there like 
Who cares? I'm not sure the Taj Mahal is like making money. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, so should we charge more for foreigners to come and visit so that we can make the money to help support and keep it clean and keep it. Yeah, like functioning uh, and stuff. What's the word? In use? Keep it fixed? I don't know. Yeah. Up up to date. Upkeep. The general upkeep that you need for. Yes, yes, yes. Uh huh. You know, is it fair to do that and keep stop people all around the world from being able to experience one of the great wonders of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was more of a discussion of, it's supposed to be a really peaceful place. Mm-hmm. It's a tomb. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be quiet. It's a place for quiet reflection. Yeah. But because of the 6 million people a day that, or 6 million people a year, a year that come and see it, it yeah. you're, it's impossible Pretty loud. for you to be able to see it quietly. Pretty loud and trashy. If you I me. think that people are, I hope people are quiet when they go. I've been to historical sites that have a reverence to them that you respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm sure it's like that. But even then, you can't keep that many people silent. You know, they're going to be talking. You have tour guides giving tours and stuff like that. That part, And so it's the question of, like, should we limit the amount of foreigners that can come in so that Indians can, like, people in India, people from India. Is this a local complaint that they're getting? No, I don't actually know where the complaint was coming from, but I thought it was an interesting conversation. Okay. Uh, whether it should be saved for them to experience their own culture or because it's so important worldwide, if that's not really fair to limit who can go see it. I there have is a, right answer. a solution, potentially. I'm all for letting annoying but, tourists not do stuff, but at the same yeah. time, I'm an annoying tourist and would like to go see the Taj Mahal. I think... And if we had to schedule it, there'd be no way. You know what I mean? Like if I we, think so. If they put limits on how many people not from India could go see it, it's possible that people like you and me never get to see it. But why not? Wouldn't we just like sign up for our day? Maybe. Hopefully. Who knows? I think that's how I'd be fine if that's what they, whatever they think is best and whatever they want to do, it's totally fine. But then you have to ask if, even if you stopped everyone that wasn't from India coming to see it, would that still make it quiet or would there be too many people? True. Who knows? The building has become a global symbol for Mm -hmm. a love so grand and so all consuming they can only be told through a masterpiece. That's kind of beautiful. And that is the story of Mumtaz Mahal and Shah Jahan. Mumtaz! Mumtaz. I love her name. I like her name. I like Mumtaz. that the Taj Mahal is just kind of her name. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, other than Taj, but yes. Well, I, I think, think that's just a shorting. I think that's the last syllable of her name. Mumtaz? With the... If you say it fast enough, I, I don't really know. Everyone said it was a shortening of her name, but her name ends with T-A-Z instead of T-A-J. Taz, Taz so I think it's kind of just the way that it was sounded phonetically. Yeah. Over time became the name. Yeah. It's a beautiful building. It's a and I, very beautiful building. I don't know if their relationship was so uh, beautiful as the building. I mean, I think... I, I, the whole vibe I got while reading it, and you can let me know if I've expressed that to you, mm-hmm. was that their love was great, but maybe as people, they weren't great, if that makes sense. We don't know that much about her, to be fair at all. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, their love made them both better people to each other, but that doesn't always necessarily mm. lead to you being a great parent or a great leader. No, she never it's had a shot like, in that. Well, I guess... She had 19 years. To yeah, so kids. I was like, she did. But I just mean, but. like, have you ever, I, I guess I don't know that I've ever seen a real couple in real life like that, 
But the idea of a couple that's so madly in love with each other Mm -hmm. that they have their kids and they almost don't pay attention to them because they're still so focused on each other. Yeah. I feel like like that's not great. That's a little bit of a problem. I'm not sure that's what happened with them, but I could see that happening, especially because with like royal parenting, there's always so many other people to go take care of your kids for you. Yeah, a nanny. Not that anything really replaces. Some people to help and other things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to sort of ignore the importance of a parental relationship, especially when your relationship with your father, even though Shah Jahan had a really great childhood, right? He was well taken care of and well loved by the houses he lived in. Yeah. He still was in such a shaky political situation where he had to fight for his empire mm-hmm. or his position as emperor. Yeah. And kill his own brother. That's the sad thing. When it's not primogeniture. It's not gonna be me. Which has its own issues. Mm-hmm. You know, primogeniture, the idea that only the oldest son is going to inherit everything, has its own issues and problems. 100%. That's but it fun. does stop bloodshed. Does it, though? It does stop this, I mean, not in The Lion King, but it does stop, like... Ah, uh, too you soon, know what I mean? now. It does stop this, like, necessary fight, infighting amongst the princes over who's going to get to be in charge. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No. Because they've already decided. It's already yes. clear. Just you. based on birth alone. Now, it does allow for people who are better leaders to become the leader. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just the oldest son's going to get it no matter what, even mm-hmm. if he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third son is actually really smart and great and nice. Yeah. But then it, I think that's the idea that it would actually lead to the best person being in charge is beautiful. Probably not true. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the strongest person, right? The person with the best military or the person who's yeah. the can hit the hardest gets to be in charge and that's not always the person that's you want true. in charge no most of the time actually it's not Shah Jahan seemed fine as far as an emperor Shah before Jahan. Mumtaz died Shah Jahan. you know they yeah. had that sort of one military failure but it didn't seem like it was a major failure it just was like oh bummer we didn't get that thing we wanted yeah even though they um I think it was he or she he was still talking about it, like, years later, right? I don't know. Oh. I thought you said that. I don't remember saying that, but I might have. I don't think he did. I didn't, I mean, like, that was just one of the things that he, like, failed to do. It might have lasted a while, even after she died. Like, you know, any, I, honestly, everything back in the day lasted took a while. forever. Of course. We're going took forever. They had to travel on horseback and on camelback, and you know what I mean. That's what I mean. Why would there were no trains? The worst time to be alive. Yeah, just the worst. The worst. I wouldn't want to be them solely because of how hot. I know. Well, that's fine for me. Was over there. I hate being hot so much, (laughs) but I just know I'd be like, really. That's fine. I mean. I would hate to die as young as she did. I would True. love to have this magnificent building named after me. But I, all in all, I guess I will say that I don't think they were, like, toxic no. or bad for each other. I think they might have, they were know? great for each other. It would have been nice if they could, ex- if he could have, I guess, specifically extended that kindness to his children and been able to impart... Mm. Mm-hmm. The good parts about their relationship yes. to their family. Yes, yes, it, yes, yes. I also think the infighting that happened a lot in the Mughal Empire mm-hmm. helped lead to the downfall of the Mughal Empire. Hmm. Watching in the next couple of generations from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, probably led to the British taking control or whoever took control. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't in the end good for the country that no. they were had all this infighting. No. It's never infighting. Fighting in general is never great. Yeah. Um, I liked the, uh, I liked the way that the multiple marriages were always put in these stories. It wasn't something that was scandalized or treated as this crazy weird thing. It was just mm. sort of like, that's how they were then. Yeah, this and is that the tradition. only makes their relationship that much more special because it was so rare to have monogamy within this system. And I feel like they kind of really did have monogamy. Monogamy within... These three marriages, you know what I mean? Like, he was yeah, still he was... monogamous with Mumtaz, yeah. despite having two other wives. Does that mean he didn't sleep with them? No, I think he did once or twice you know i think he did a few times to get the baby because uh, he had a baby with both of them but i think he was sleeping with Mumtaz every night hence the 14 pregnancies she had fertile yeah fertile woman also just you know lots of opportunity that's true lots of practice between the two of them you gotta lay your legacy down yeah you know or else what do you got what do you got but a nice ass fucking building that maybe the most she haunts the most beautiful building in the world. Yeah, I, I, I'm pro. I Mumtaz like the story of them. and what's nice. his name? John Jahan. Shah Jahan. Shah Jahan and Mumtaz Mahal. Shah Jahan. I just like the idea. I guess of even though a lot of the information about them I couldn't find Limited. in the United States. Yeah, right. Maybe that's just because we're in the United States. Yeah, I'm hopefully. sure that that's it. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that there are deep and detailed history. There's got to be a whole them. museum dedicated to them. I think it's the Taj Mahal. Yeah, but there's not, like, information you no, can read. No, but I think that the tour guides probably tell you some shit. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I just, I like the idea that their love story, mm-hmm. and to, and by extension, humanity's attachment to love stories, period, uh-huh. made it iconic. You know what I mean? This building is iconic, not just because it's beautiful, but because of the love story, yeah, 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 yeah. It that captures people, because there are like a lot of beautiful buildings. Yeah, but this is this building is a physical show of their love. I think the fact and that kind of thing just lasts forever. I just yeah. think that real love people never get over it, and by people I mean humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of the reasons why I thought we should do this podcast and we should talk about these couples is that. Humans are looking for love. It's the point and they of want life. It to be real, and they know when it is, and they know when it isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why a lot of our stories, especially because we're a How to Break Up podcast, mm. they didn't always feel real. You know, like no, it was like convenient. King Henry and Anne Boleyn like, didn't always feel real. Cleopatra and no, Anthony, they weren't. They are super fun to talk about. They were maybe real moments. There could have been love for moments, sure, but they're you know? like. It's not as real as the Taj Mahal or as, you know, even uh, like Mary Pickford, Dennis Fairbanks or, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that where you just, you could feel it. Yeah. And that feeling lasts even when the people don't. Even when their stories go away. Like you can feel the love that he had for her and every detail in this building. I think you said it great, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Been thinking a lot about it. (laughs) It was actually a good one to... 
nearly end the season with because next episode is the tenth one, which is the last episode of the season. Yes, and it is not about a specific couple. It is not about. This I is the last couple we're going to be covering. No, that well, this season. It's more of a concept. Um, last episode, but I think it's great. I think it, you know it represents in some cases like this. It just feels fairy epic. tale of you know a guy. A heteronormal fairy tale, JLR, <laughs> of a guy. All the ones we have, you know, um, right now, creating this massive, massive, beautiful, extravagant, elegant shrine to the woman that he loves, and what woman wouldn't want that? Lasting, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, Not and only it's standing of years, the test of time and being kept up. Yeah, uh, it being such to a look call as pristine to as it was. People who have no way. I bet you, out of the six million people a year that go to the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. Three million of them have no idea anything about it. And then they walk in and they're just overwhelmed with love. the love story. And the beauty. Or the beauty. Yeah. I don't think you can escape it without understanding how much he loved his wife. I, um. <laughs> I don't, because I just think with the amount of tour guides, the yeah, fact so that it's I a think, tomb of I the think, two of them yes, sitting there, I, I think, just like, don't like, they think they'll harp can... on that. But I think a lot of people come for, like, the opulence, you True. know? Yeah. It is, this is now, I mean, the love story definitely still stands, and it's there. It's a nice And, love. like, you know, that is, sure, the foundation of this entire endeavor, but I think because it, how much it has grown and is seen as, like, a wonder of the world and all these things now, it is, it, it is so much more just a feat of opulence and, like, look how fucking fancy and nice and beautiful this I, building is and everything inside of it. I you think know? that it would just be another pretty building if mm-hmm. it weren't for the love story behind it. Yes, but for all the people that you said that don't know, right? True. Like, I'm, yeah. like... It's I, definitely got said, a lot of word of mouth going for it right now. Yes. But, I, you know, and it's the, a true tested time and time again wonder of the world because of their love yeah yes that's the truth that's where this lies and i you know i can think all of us can only hope for love so grand and hope we're lucky enough to get to see the taj mahal in person i want my own taj mahal mav it's gonna be called the low mumtaz (laughs) (laughs) why would it be called that because i love her name and my first nickname is low yeah, and you know, you're still Lonix. Thanks. Okay, wait, quick before oh, we oh. end. I just yes. want to read our sources out. Uh, the main book that I used was Taj Mahal, A Love Affair at the Heart of the Mogul Empire by Diane Preston. Mm. I also read the book Empire, The Astonishing Reign of Nur Jahan, although it didn't really directly affect the situation. It was nice background information, and she is super cool and would recommend reading about her. There's also uh, the most recent film about her that I could find, although I couldn't find a way to watch it myself, is an Indian film. Of course, like, the Indian film industry is top-notch. No notes. Gotta love Bali. There's a ton of movies about her in India, obviously. Ah, yes. We don't really have any, which I kind of think is a good thing, because they have such a strong film industry. Why would we want to take that's true. Their That's story probably why we haven't touched Americanize it, it and make it No, they probably like sue us or something. I do wish I could have watched this movie though. It's a it's just called Taj Mahal an Eternal Love Story. Okay. Cute. It's got good reviews. Love that. And then our intro outro song is Feeling Good by White Hot and we got it from Freebeats IO. And that's all. Until next month. A goodbye. Bye. Bye. See you.